Okay, so let's go. Um, okay, so Parshas Vayera, sorry, Chayesara, takes us um, to the story of, right, it's like a wedding and a funeral, right? Chayesara, we have the funeral of Sarah and then the Shidduch of Yitzchak and Rivka, which Yitzchak doesn't really take part in. He just kind of finds out about it at the end, you know. She shows up. Um, and I want to take you all the way to the end of the story, which is where Rivka finally shows up and meets Yitzchak. And the Torah tells us an interesting detail about Yitzchak, which we'll see is going to be an important one. So the Torah tells us as follows, source number one. Right, so they finally convince Rivka to come to Eretz Canaan, back to marry the son of Avram, and she gets up and she goes with her, her you know, maidservants, they go with her and they ride on, on camels, and they follow after the man, right, meaning Eliezer, or whoever this Eved is of Avraham who has made the Shidduch. So he takes her and they go. And Yitzchak, so they are coming back to Eretz Canaan. And Yitzchak is coming back from a place called Be'er Lachai Ro'i, Vuhu Yoshev Be'eret HaNegev. And he's living somewhere in the south of Israel in the Negev. Presumably somewhere near Be'er Sheva, which is where he had been before. So Vayetzei Yitzchak Lasuach Basadeh Lifnos Erev. And Yitzchak goes out Lasuach Basadeh to... I'll have to see what that means. To converse. To converse, have a conversation in the field before evening. And he looks up, and he notices that there are camels on their way. And she sees, so, so Rivka looks up and she sees Yitzchak, he looks up, he sees her, and she falls off the camel. We'll see, she doesn't really fall off, she gets, gets off. And then what happens? So she asks, she asks you know, Eliezer, who is that guy? Is that the guy? Etc. Yeah, that's him. Good. She comes down, she covers her face, they meet, she comes home. And he loves her, and they get married, and everything is wonderful. Great. But there's one piece of this story that is presumably kind of, kind of extra, right? And that is, you look in Pasuk Samech Gimel. You can tell me if you think it's extra, but I think it's extra, right? So Yitzchak's coming back from Berlachayri, and what happens? What does he do? He goes out to have a conversation, to do something before evening in the field. And that's when he looks up and he sees that she's coming. Okay. So I get that he looks up, he goes out and he sees her. But what's the... Who is he talking to? Who is he talking to? Who's that? Like what, what is happening? What is, what is Yitzchak doing out there and why are we told the detail that he's there? Right? It's kind of a weird thing to tell us. That's just not totally extraneous. We also don't like, who is he talking to? Right? What is this Lasua? Why is he doing it in the field? Like what, like what, what is it all about? What's it all about? So, but, but, but other things in here that bother you? That's the thing that bothers me. What um, else bothers you? Go ahead. Just what, what is lasuach? Like, have we seen this word before? Yeah, what does that word mean? He was having a conversation with Hashem. Oh, and okay. So maybe, oh, okay, okay. Sikha Good job, yeah. Discussion. Oh, okay. So literally, a is a conversation, yeah. But usually conversation happens with a person. That's also usually, you usually do it with somebody else. And if I'm meeting the guy I'm in America for the first time and he's having a conversation, he doesn't have his AirPods in, you know? The first time, I still remember this, I think I was like 11 or 12, and one of my parents' friends asked me to 
rake leaves for like, I don't know, one of their neighbors. So I was like going out and raking leaves for this person's neighbor. I didn't know they were. I was raking leaves. They made, paid me some money. I don't know. And, and I see my, like my friend's, my parents' friend outside. And he's talking. But there's nothing in his, I was, this is 27 years ago. And he's talking. And I assume that he's talking to me. So I walk over to him and he's not talking to me. He has like some head, th- you know, like from the future, you know, that he's using to have a conversation. This is before, this was, this was a long time ago. Um, this is in the 1990s. And so I guess he had like a headset or something. I don't know. I never, and I was like, are you talking, like, he's talking to himself? You know? So anyways, this is way before that, right? And who's he talking to? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he had AirPods. So I don't know who he's talking to. But yeah, that's part of the question. Good. Yeah, what else? What else? Are you what else? about this pasuk specifically or the whole paragraph? I don't know, whatever you like. Maybe he's talking to Hashem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, the, admittedly, I haven't read every parsha. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't re- usually read this. But, we don't usually read this section either. This is not something we usually look at. Talk um, about the. We usually talk about the Evan meeting meeting Rivka. We talk about Avram, you know, uh, bargaining for the for the cave. This is already a story that we don't usually read a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, covering herself with the veil. Yeah, actually covering herself up. Yeah. Good. Is that something that? Like, we didn't see Chava ever use it. I mean, she covered herself with a fig leaf, but, mm-hmm. like... That's a, lot, that's a lot less, yeah. Ostensibly, like, your face, mm-hmm. and the fig leaf was mm-hmm. her nudity. Yeah. Um, so that was sticking out to me, like, why is she covering her face? Yeah. Also, what does she do when she sees she gets hooked? She, she falls, falls off the camel. Like, what's the plan? She's very handsome. She falls off the camel. Maybe. I can't she, fall, she falls off the camel. Like, she falls. About T-Paul. We're going to see a little bit of chat in about T-Paul. Right, so the whole story is a little funny. Like, what, like, what is happening here? It's, some of it is not so funny. It's kind of, sort of reasonable. Right? It's a meeting for the first time. Oh, there he is. But, but right, what, what's happening here? Fine. So I want to show you a, a number of explanations. Yes, we're going to get to one about... You know, a different part, explanation for conversation. But there's, there's a lot, there's actually a lot more. There. Take a look in source number two. Look in the Rashbam. So we want to find the simplest explanation without any Midrash and any Chazal, anything like that. So we always look to the Rashbam first. And Rashbam in source number two it says, What does that mean? What's, that, what's he quoting? Where does that puzzle come from? Anybody know? It's, yeah, it's all the way back in the beginning of the Torah. Right? It says, <laughs> so cute. That's okay. So, so we actually, we're not, we're just not going to be able to focus. So cute. Um, it's also important that he be very close to the Patriots logo. He's young in his age. So I appreciate that. Um, hello. You can also join us. Um, so that when the Torah starts and tells us, right, as when, Adam is created, the Torah says, right, all of the, the sprouting, sproutlings of the field had not yet sprouted. Right? So if he goes out, from the language of siach, not from the word of conversation, from the word of like sprouting or things that are growing. Okay, so then why is he going out? Basadeh, first, where else are you going to go? That's actually the exact right place to go, right? Siach here refers to the sproutlings or whatever is sprouting and growing. Klomar, lataas ilanos, viliros inane poala. What's he going out to do? What's he doing? Plant the plant trees. trees to, 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 I don't know, trim whatever stuff, 
whatever it is that people do when they take care of a vineyard or take care of their, their, their uh, field, that's what he's it's going out to do his work, right? Villeros in Yanepoalav to see what his workers are doing. He's checking in the field. That's all he's doing. He's checking out the field, right? So, it's the end of a long day. There's been a lot of work done in the field. And he's going out to check to see how things are going. The Ashbam always, like, grounds us, so, you know? So why do we care what, that he's doing that now? Like, to this point. like, why do they have to include that? Okay, good. Well, so, maybe she feels like she was tricked. You know, he's supposed to be rich. She married into this rich family. And then you're so her cousin. Oh, so like a laborer. Oh, working. You know? Well, Rashbam says he's That's checking on the laborers. Okay, he's checking yeah. on the laborers. But maybe, but maybe, maybe, that, maybe it's exactly your point. Maybe she sees him doing exactly what she expects. He's like the lord over the house. And she sees him like taking care of the house like he's supposed to. And as he's doing the things that he's supposed to do, oh, all of a sudden Rivka shows up. Like, you know, otherwise, why is he outside? He's outside because he's working in the field doing what he's supposed to do. And maybe the Torah is just telling us a story. But you're right. He's not learning in a kolel. He's not learning in a kolel. He's not even in yeshiva shein ve'ever. Correct. You're right. I have a but, yeah. Sorry. No, go. Wasn't, like that shouldn't have been a confusing, I mean maybe Eliezer didn't speak about this with Rivka, but Avram was a man of many means. So wouldn't the assumption be that like some of that Rechush went on to Yitzchak and he also was a man of means? Well, she, well when Eliezer shows up, right? He shows up, and just to be fair, we keep on calling him Eliezer. We're assuming it's Eliezer. The, the whole story, he just called Ha'evet. But we assume it's, Chazal tells Eliezer. But so that's when, next year's share. Yeah. But when, he show, but when he shows up, he shows up with a lot of gold and silver, right? He shows up with these 10 camels, and that's the whole point. To show everyone that he has plenty, he can take care of her. That Lavan and Besuel, right, shouldn't be worried. Besuel, the father, Lavan, the brother, worried about sending her there. So he does. He does have to show his wealth. That was like something that was important then to make sure that they feel that they'll be able to take care of her. You want her to come live with them in Canaan? You better show me you have what what it takes. Right. The next generation, Yaakov shows up. He shows up with nothing. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. So there's a value there, maybe yes, in, in showing that off, and maybe here. We're just being told, yeah, and like, just like he was supposed to, he's out taking care of the field, and that's when she shows up. While he's out in the field, and then once he's out there, he sees the camels on their way. He's going to see. This my father's camel. Oh, it's to say, oh, you know, uh, Bonnie, the camel is back. Must be that she, they're back. I don't know. I don't know if you name a camel. Probably something else. <laughs> Ahmed. I don't know. But but the but to see his own. It's his own camels. Yeah, Sally the camel has rams, right? Yeah. So sorry, sorry, Sally. I should have known that. Um, that's what we call camels. I'm sure that's what they call them camels in in you know Canaan. Um, so, but it, the Rashbam always makes us feel. Uh, I shouldn't say it's like. It's the least inspiring shot always, the rush bomb, but it's very reasonable. Right? It's a very reasonable answer. It, what? I love the rush bomb. No, the rush bomb is always like, very important for us because he always reminds us, like, first just read the text before you head to like Chazal land. Right? Just read what it says. So the rush bomb is a very nice shot and it explains what's happening. In fact, the language is perfect. To take care of the field. And that's why he's out there. That's all. Right? And it does still leave Cindy's question of like, Okay, but Azma, like, so what? Why do we care? Good, that's a fair question to be, like, everyone's got, every chat always has certain advantages and certain disadvantages. I think the advantage is that it really fits very nicely into what's happening in the story. The disadvantage is it still leaves me a little bit wondering, like, why does the Torah bother to tell me this? Because it could have just said, she shows up and she meets him. You don't have to know that he's outside taking care of the, you know, the trees. Fine. And the Ibn Ezra says the same thing as Rashbam, source number three, La Suach. Right? It's like to 
to garden in the garden. Right? The language of lasuach, it's a, I'm not good at English. It's a, a verb and a noun, right? Like to, right? To, to garden, right? You garden where? In the garden. So what do you do? You are, su- you are suach basichim. That's what you do. You, fine. So the chizkuni says something dramatically different. Okay, ready? Chizkuni takes us in a totally different direction. Source number four. And I like this because you see like they're really dramatically different pshatim. Chizkuni says, Vayetze Yitzchak mehechan yatza. It's a good question, right? Take a, take a, go look back in the Pasuk for a second. Right? Samech Gimel, again. Vayetze, right? Vayitzchak ba mibo lebechad, sorry, Samech Beis. Vayitzchak ba mibo be'er l'chairui. He came from be'er l'chairui. Vuyoshe be'eretz kanan, be'eretz negev. And he's living in the negev. And then it says, Vayetze Yitzchak l'asuch He goes out. I mean, goes out. What, what, he, he, Vayetze means you left something. So what's the simple shot? What would you say he left? The simplest answer. He left his tent. He left his house. Right? He left his house. Or did right? he leave the negative? Right. Or he, or he left somewhere. But I would have thought, I thought it means, it just means he left his house. But again, you don't have to tell me Vayetze. Vayetze is a little more dramatic. So you don't have to tell me he left. He, he went. Right? Vayetze. So the Chizkuni says, where's he Vayetze from? Vayetze Yitzchak Mehechan Yatza. Where did he leave? Gan Eden, of course. He left Gan Eden. What's Yitzchak doing in Gan Eden? Shahayasham. Mishas ha'akeda ad achshav shalosh Oh my God. That's where he hung out for three years. In Gan Eden. Can you like willy-nilly hang out in Gan Eden? Uh, so, I, no. There's a lot, but there is a lot of, there's a lot of divrei Kabbalah and like these types of things about what happened after the Akeda. That, I, I, that, you know, that because that, in the end of the Akeda, Avram comes back and he's not back. You don't find Yitzchak there. Yeah. I should have brought you the text actually. But when Avram leaves the Akeda, he goes and it seems like he's by himself. He's not with Yitzchak. So a lot of the questions like, where did he go? Some say he went to Yeshiva Sheba Ever. He, he went to different places. So some said like, like he went somewhere spiritual. He wasn't actually killed. There's, there's like, there's Mamari Chazal that like the ashes of Yitzchak were left there somehow. Whatever that means, there weren't really ashes. He didn't really die, right? But he something spiritual happened to him, even if physically he, he was wasn't killed. Times. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, that's the emotional shot. I agree with you. So, he, so Chizkuni says he came from Gan Eden. He's probably quoting Chazal that so he was there from the time of the Akeda for three years. He hung out in Gan Eden. And la suach basadeh. What do you mean la suach basadeh? La shon siach hasadeh tachas echad hasichim. Again, Klomar, Lintoa, Gilanos, Viliros, Ilan Paula. But he still, he's going to take the most extreme Midrashic shot and the most simple, simple shot and puts them together. He left Gan Eden to do the most regular physical work to deal with his work in the field. Okay? Fine. And Davacher, Lashon Sicha, Ledaber Leish, Hatzarech Ledaberimo. Oh, what's Sicha also mean? It doesn't just mean sikhim. It can also mean conversation. So he went to have a conversation. According to this, though, who is he talking to? Maybe? Could be. No, it could be. Or it could be. Or the, the, the gardener. I mean, the head yeah, it could be his workers. Yeah. yeah, it could be his workers. Right? Again, we like jump to... I know, I wrote the word mincha on top. But I'm just saying, we, right, we, we jump there. But we don't have to go there yet, Right? Who could be having... Could be, so it could be siach means the garden. Other possibility means to have a conversation. Sorry, I'm in the class. So you left Ghana and went to the field just to get... A hang out with the regular people. Happening. Right, right. Okay. Again, Vayetze doesn't mean like... Again, the, the order would be confusing here because he was in Be'er Lecharui also. So like, the, clearly he had left Ghana earlier than that. But 
but he comes back and he goes now gets down to work. He's doing the dirty work. He's working in the field. He's talking to his workers. He's just taking care of the regular stuff. Regular stuff. Fine. And then comes Rashi. So, so far we have basic work in the field, Sikhim. Sakim Shad is still basic work, but it also might mean conversations with his workers, right? And adding on that he still may have come from somewhere very spiritual on the way to get there. Fine. But now Rashi tells us something very different. Says Rashi, La suach, la shon tfila. Oh, who is he talking to? I know you had me there from the beginning already, right? Who is he talking to? He's talking without anybody else there, right? He's not, right? There's no other people around that we know of. So Rashi says, based on the Gemara, which we'll see in a second, that he was looking, he was talking to Hashem. If a person's talking and there's no one else there, he's not on his phone. There's no, there are no phones. He's talking to the Ribbon Shalom. Fine. That's very nice. And how does it work? I actually find the language of siach referring to, uh, referring to uh, talking to Hashem. How do I know? Take a look at source number seven for a second. Skip the Gemara. We'll come back to the Gemara in a second. Murchai and David made this into a beautiful song. I was just singing Tfi- it in my head. There you go. le'ani kiyatov lifnei Hashem yishpoch Right? Tfila le'ani kiyatov. The tfila to a to a, a poor person. Kiyatov when he wraps himself up to daven. V'lifnei Hashem yishpoch sichal. Right? And in front of Hashem he spills his literally spills his conversation, right? Speaks to Hashem. Right? So the language of Sicha can also mean a language of Tfilo. So it says Rashi, again, you want to tell me that, 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 he's, that he's dealing with uh, plants and everything? That's nice, but why tell me that? What's the, what's the, why, why? What do I need that for? If you want to tell me he's talking to workers, that's great, but there are no workers there. So rather, what will I tell you? I'll tell you that. What's happening? He's actually having a conversation with someone who you can't see. That is a Kaddish Baruch. Fine. So he's talking to Hashem. And where does Rashi get it from? Rashi gets it from... Um, oh, I'll, I'll show you one thing first. Uh, take a look at just one more Rashi about her falling off the, falling off the camel. Vatipol, the next Rashi, it's in the same source. But it's the next line. Vatipol, what happened? She, did she fall off? So Rashi says, no. He shmita atzmala aretz. You see where I am? Source number... There you go, yeah? Okay, good. Vatipol, he shmita atzmala aretz. No, she let, she let herself down. That's the Aramaic. That she put herself down to the ground. She hadn't yet reached the ground. Vatipol just means she doesn't mean she fell off. She didn't like trip. But she 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 can't she got down to now come to now come see him. Um fine. And he he points out there's a possible to tell him klomar in adakarka. That she like lowers herself down because she can't hit the ground yet. So it takes a little time to get down. Fine. You think she would first ask who is this man and then get off. But she, yeah, why is she lowering herself down? <laughs> she sees a man. She sees a man, right. So then she asks, who's the guy? Okay, yeah, it's the guy. Good, good. You, know? you find it also with Eliezer. Eliezer, when he meets her, what does he do? He runs and he gives her all the jewelry and then he yes, says, who are you? By, by <laughs> way, who are you? <laughs> and no, like, shoot. You ever do that, right? You're like, England, you ever like respond like, yeah, I'll be there. And then you're like, Oh, wait, can I be there? I have to go like that, right? I do that sometimes. I go back to Khani. I'm like, can I be there? Um, right? So like you already responded, yes. Actually, can I come? So same thing. She like, she was excited. Whatever it was that she saw about him, she was intrigued. <coughs> and she jumps off that camel. Right? She didn't fall. But she wanted to get off. She wanted to come down and see him. Fine. But where does Rashi get this idea that Siach is a tefillah? How does he know? So if you take a look in source number six. 
Sarsim number six is a Gemara that is oftentimes one of the first Gemaras they teach in sixth grade or seventh grade. They teach the fourth parak of Brachos very often, which is the, 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 the Gemaras that talk all about the origination of Tefillah. Tefillah is called Tfilah, the parak Tefillah Sashachar. I still, I, I still remember to this day what class I was in. In Maimonides, who my teacher was. And I remember, because I, I, you know, I remember it. I remember because my Rebbe said, everyone open the Gemara to Chavav Amid Beis. I was like, that Hebrew? Chav Vav Amid Bet, right? The, the, Daf Chav Vav, page 26, the second side. I had never learned Gemara before. I didn't know what that meant. So I still remember he said that. I just, that's something I remember in my head for all these years. That he said that, everyone was like, huh, what does that mean? And we finally figured out it meant Daf Chav Vav Amud Bet, the second page. So this is the same very Gemara that I remember learning with Rabbi Goldman in, in I think it was in seventh grade. And the Gemara says like, like this. Itmar, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Hanina Amar, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Hanina says, Tefilos Avos Tiknum. There's actually a machlokas in the Gemara. Right? Rabbi Yosef says, why do we daven three times a day? Because the Avos established Tefillah. The Avos established Tefillah. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi Amar, Tefillos Keneged, Timidim Tiknum. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi says, no, the Tefillos were actually set up Keneged, like reflecting the Korban Tamid. Right? You bring it to Korban Tamid in the morning and night, morning in the, morning in the afternoon. You have to deal with how do you deal with Mariv. They didn't have a Mariv. There was no nighttime Korban. So the Gemara says they would take, they would clear off all the leftover stuff from the Mizbeach at night, so that was, a, that was like Marif. But the bottom line is, was it the Rabbi, was it, was it the Avos who set up Tefillah, Shachos, Mincha, Marif, or was it, do we do it because of what they did in the Beis HaMedash? So the Gemara tries to bring a proof for each. So Tanya Kavaseh, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, I'll bring a proof for Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Tanya Kavaseh, Rabbi Yosef, Levi, I'll bring a proof for each one. So Tani Kavasib Yosi Barachanina, and I have the English down, down here below. Right? There's a, a Brisa, a, a rabbinic source that's going to prove the opinion of Yosi Barachanina that Tefillah set up Keneged the, the Avos. The Avos the, the, the set it up. So Avram Tikin Tefillah Shachris. How do I know that Avram set up Shachris? Something we read last week. Shenemar, Vayashkem Avraham Baboker, Elamakoma Shahamadsham. And Avram got up in the morning to the place that he had stood there before. Where does this Pesach come from? This Pesach comes after the destruction of Sodom. So we talked last week about before the destruction of Sodom. And Avram goes and he davens and he screams at Hashem, right? And he davens the really the first tefillah we ever see. And what happens? The Torah then says, after Sodom was destroyed, before the story of Lot and his daughters, the Torah pauses and tells us, actually, I think I brought it for you over here. Yeah, look at source number nine. He gets up and goes to the same place where he had stood before in front of Hashem. And he looks at Sodom It's like singed. Right? He looks the next day and he sees it's been destroyed. But what's the point? He, he goes to the place where he was, had stood before. So what? He stood in a place before? Who cares that he stood there? So, so it says the Gemara. So go back to the Gemara. And Amida means... Tefillah, we mentioned this last week, right? Immediately refers to Tefillah. Shinamar v'yabod pinchas v'yifalel. There's a story about pinchas davening. He stands up to daven, right? So he stood up. So you see that when it says that Avram went to the place where he had stood before, and by the way, what did he do in that place when he was standing there? He, he had davened to Hashem. They'd be referring to the place he had just been to, to daven to Hashem. I just want to point out that it said a place where he stood before, so it's not in a dream. 
I know, I know. I, oh, I didn't get the answer. I didn't get the answer. Sorry, I didn't. Sorry. I didn't email myself to, to look it up. Sorry. Okay, somebody, somebody remind me later. We have to look up this thing about the standing thing. Sorry. Okay, but yes, he stood there to Davin. Good. Yeah, that's a good point. So fine. So he goes to stand in that place. But the point is, the Torah is telling me that was the place where he stood. You see, standing is tefillah. Good. So that's, and when did Avram do it? So that's Avram davening when? In the morning. Which is a little bit challenging still because he's getting up in the morning to go back to the same place where he had stood before. The standing before may not have been in the morning. But, okay, fine. Okay. But maybe he davened again. Maybe he davened again in the same place in the morning. Fine. Good. So that's Avram. Next. Yitzchak tike in tefillas mincha. Yitzchak set up the tefillah of mincha. How do I know? Shenamar. Our pasuk, but Yitzchak Yitzchak lasuach basadel ifnos arif. Yitzchak went out to speak in the field before evening, right? presumably before sunset. Vein sicha elatvila and sicha, right? That language must be tvila. How do I know sicha? Tvila. The pasuk we mentioned before. In Amar, tvila laani kiyatov lefnei Hashem yishboch sicha. The pasuk in Tehillim that the language of sicha can be a language of davening. Good. And by the way, and when did Yitzchak have that conversation? Lifnos Arif, right? Sometime in the afternoon. At the end of a long day of work, right? Like we said. And Yaakov Tika and Tilas Arvis. And Yaakov set up the nighttime davening, Marif Shinamar, Vaifgab Makom, Vayalan Sham. Right? I actually have for you also source number 10. What happens at the very beginning of Parshas Vayetze, in a couple of weeks. Vayetze Yaakov in Beershava, Vayelech Harana, Yaakov leaves Beershava, he goes to Haran, Vaifgab Makom, and he arrives at that place, and he goes to sleep, because the sun goes down. So what do you so again, what did he do? He arrives at the place, what time? After the sun had already gone down. All right, so now we're, in the, now we're in the nighttime. Good. And how do I know that that, that is, refers to davening? Right? Um, back in the Gemara, in source number six, but second to the bottom line, how do I know that that pegiyah refers to tefillah? Shenemar v'yata al titpalel ba'ar ha'amazeh v'altisa ba'adam rina utfila v'altifka bi. So Hashem is talking, saying, "Yirmiyahu, you're talking that you shouldn't daven on their behalf, etc." V'altifka bi. Don't, don't. It's a synonym. Don't daven. Don't be pogeya. So language of pegiyah means tefillah. Fine. So we have here the Gemara jirashos for three different sukkim. Explain how each one refers to tefillah, and that's the, you know, each one of the avos setting up this mitzvah of davening, which is very nice. It's great. And that's how Rashi says that Yitzchak, you know, was, what is he doing when he went out? He was davening. Great. Davening mincha. Okay. I want to show you a tour in source number eight. So the tour in source number eight, the tour was the son of the rush. The tour, Ibn Yaakov, the son of the rush, actually a very interesting story in his life. His, uh, the, his father was Rabbeinu Asher the Rush, um, and he was, the Rush was a student of Marami from Marami Rutenberg. Marami Rutenberg, um, who lived in Europe, I believe in, I believe in Germany, but I may be incorrect, but somewhere in Eastern Europe. And he, uh, and he was taken captive, actually, taken hostage, Marami Rutenberg. And he, and he, and they, and they wanted to, you know, the, the Niners government wanted to ransom him. And the Marimberg said to his students, do not ransom me. Let me die in prison. Why? Because so, well, it's going to encourage more. Right? If you're going to take all the great rabbis and, and then ransom them, the, the communities will go bankrupt. Right? So he said, do not ransom me. And Marimberg was the rabbi of many of the Rishonim, actually. And he dies in prison. He dies in captivity. 
And then, so who was next up to be the next leader of the community was the Rush, Rabbeinu Asher. Rabbeinu Asher said, I'm out of here. And he ran away because he was the next person to be taken captive. So he ran, and he ran down to Italy. So he lived his whole life in Ashkenazi lands, and he moves down to Italy where they're Svartim now. And he talks about, actually, the Rush, all these different minhagim that he saw when he went down, when he went down there. And, uh, and the tour... What does the tour do? Rabbi Yaakov, the tour. So he, he's the first person to create. The Shulchan Aruch didn't come first. The tour is the precursor to the Shulchan Aruch. He's the one who makes the Arba tour in these four sections, which become the first person to collect all these halachos and all, and all the Gemara, which are scattered everywhere, and put them into four sections. Why was the tour the, the, the best person in the world to collect all the opinions of all the Rishonim and bring them into a halachic work? Because he grew up in an Ashkenazi household and was living in a Sephardic land. So he was able to gather all of the opinions, Ashkenazim and the Svartim, and figured out how to paskin, but he lines them all up and he creates the tour, which becomes the precursor for the Shulchan Aruch. So the, so the tour, in source number eight, when he's talking about the halachos of Tfilas Mincha, he writes the following. When the time for Mincha comes, the person should daven. And you have to be really careful with Mincha. The Amr of Yechelba, Amr of Huna, why do you have to be careful with Tfilas Mincha? Shari lo nana Eliyahu ela b'Tfilas Hamincha. Shneimar vayibalos Hamincha vayigash Eliyahu. Eliyahu Anavi at the story of Har Carmel, right when the, the Jewish people are following Achav and Yisavel and doing what the, most of the people are doing Avodah Zara, and and, and Eliyahu Anavi you know says let's have a showdown between the Nevi'e Habal that Avodah Zara and me, and they're both going to have uh, try to bring a korban on Har Carmel. I'll, you know, I have my mizbech, you have your mizbech, and he puts a ton of water and everything on his mizbech, and he says, whoever, we're each going to dive in, and whoever Hashem can respond to, well, you know, whoever gets responded to, there you got is the real God, so the Nevi'i Baal daven and nothing happens, he daven's what happens, Hashem sends a fire and explodes his korban, everything like blows up, and everyone goes, wow, Hashem welcome, Hashem welcome, it's like this, you know, amazing, you know, <coughs> flash in the pan, amazing experience, which of course, the next day, they all go back to Yavodah anyways, but what time does that happen? Happens at Mincha. Okay, so the Torah quotes this idea that mincha, we have to be super careful with mincha because Eliyahu Navi was answered at mincha. But that just leads to the next question, which is, what's so special about mincha? Why was Eliyahu Navi answered at mincha? Why is mincha such a special tefila? So I want to share with you an idea from Rabbi Sachs. Rabbi Sachs' yurt site, his third yurt site was on Shabbos, actually. So I want to share with you, uh, I thought it's a, a, good, a good week to quote Rabbi Sachs. a very, very beautiful pshat. And, the, and Rabbi Sachs notes that these three tefillos, Shachar, Mincha, and Mariv, are not just three times of day to daven. You can daven at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, in the middle of the day, but each one actually reflects a different type of tefillah. So if you take a look now, again, in source number nine, what's the tefillah of Avraham? Source number nine. Yeah. I, took you, I took you there already. Do you have it, nine? Here. Nine. nine, yeah, at the bottom. So... Uh, Oh, okay. So, right, so what, was it, what was the tefillah of Avram for Sodom? It was Avram going after HaKadosh Baruch Avram shows up and says, this doesn't make any Okay, Hashem invited him by letting him know what was happening, but it was Avram's decision, I'm going to go talk to you, Baruch Shalom. I have something, to, God, you and I have something to talk about. Right? Sorry, I said it. <laughs> you and I have something to talk about. Front gloves. Um, that's one type of tefillah. I stand up in front of the Baruch I have God, you and me have something to say, okay, respectfully, but we, right, you come to God sometimes. There are times in our life when we approach the Bosham because there's something that we need, right? What is Marif? It's very different. Look at source number 10. 
ויצא יעקב מבאר שבע ויהיה לך רנה, ויפגע במקום. In fact, the Chazal go way out of their way to explain that Avram act, that Yaakov actually had passed over the Har Moriah and Hashem like brings him back to the spot because he really wanted him to have a dream right in that spot that literally Yaakov basically bumped into the Ribbon right? Shalom. That's, that's the language of Pegia means. Right? To, literally means to, to bump into somebody. Right? There are also times in our life right, where we just kind of like we bump into the Ribbon Shalom. We don't plan it. We're not running after him, but moments of inspiration, moments that, that, that kind of find us. And it was dark. Anyway. And it was dark, right? It's dark, dark moments sometimes, right? We don't need to go find the Kaddish Baruch maybe things that happen in our life or things that happen in the world that sort of wash over us and say to us, I have to dive in right now. I must. I have to. Not because I have something to say, but because it's just like, it's, it's hitting me, right? It literally, you use that language, it hits me, right? Mincha is different. How's Mincha different? What's the language that's used by the Tefillah of Yitzchak? It's actually the only one that really reflects a conversation. Vayifka and Vayamod, neither of those are a conversation. They're just they're decisions. Or one's a decision and one's like a reaction. But Sicha is real language of a conversation. Take a look at the language of Rabbi Sachs in source number 11. He writes as follows. There was a third kind of prayer. Isaac is meditating in the field. But the word sicha in modern Hebrew means not only meditation, but also and primarily conversation. When the Talmud says in the context of Isaac, Ein sicha we could translate this phrase as a conversation. Conversation is a form of prayer. And in a profound sense, it is so. <coughs> prayer is a conversation between heaven and earth. But conversation is also a prayer. It's actually very tough. But it's tough. a way conversation. Ah, so here we go. For in true conversation, I open myself up to the reality of another person. I enter his or her world. I begin to see things from a perspective not my own. In the, in the touch of two selves, both are changed. Conversa- conversation is, like you said, it takes two to have a conversation. A genuine human conversation is therefore a preparation for and a microcosmic version of the act of prayer. For in prayer, I attend to the presence of God, listening as well as speaking opening myself up to a reality other and infinitely vaster than my own, and I become a different person as a result. What does that mean? How can I open up to God's feelings or thoughts or perspective when I dive in? How is that, how is that true? I get how I can share mine with God. That I get. How can I open myself up to God's perspective when I dive in? What would you say? You shift your... Your thought, you shift your feeling on the situation. Does that make meaning like? Yeah. Why? How? Faith, like you have faith. Like acceptance, right? You like right. the acceptance of whatever God's giving you. Meaning the fact that I daven already reflects a certain. You're opening up to whatever God's like giving if I, you. Like if I'm talking to him, that means I already recognize that his perspective might be different than my perspective. Like at the fact that I have the conversation in the first place yeah. allows me to start taking his perspective. Is that what you mean? I think it's a process. No. First, you start. You're starting the conversation. You're talking, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Help me with this. Help me with that. And then I guess you start to, through that process, say, okay, I have faith. Okay. Something like that. Also, like when you speak it out loud, it it gives, it's kind of like when you, when you let your thoughts run wild, like you don't really get so much clarity, but if you stop and journal or if you stop to like talk it out loud, all of a sudden, like you start having these moments of clarity, like, oh, I get it. Like if you've ever done like personal tefillah like talking to God out loud like you have so many aha moments because it gives you a, 
when you pause between your thoughts and what you're saying, it's like, I don't know, you have those moments of clarity that it's like Hashem is filling in the blanks yeah. a little bit. Right. Yeah. I was going to say also, <coughs> that like, when you stop to think, you know, Hashem could be giving you those thoughts and helping you see things in a different way. So. Yeah, also, by the way, the sitter, in a, in a very interesting way, the sitter tell. On the one hand, the sitter sometimes feels trapping because I, I have certain things I'm supposed to say. On the other hand, it sort of reminds us of the things that matter, right? So many tefillos about Yerushalayim and Sion and Semach David, right? It like, oh, right, those are the things that, really, that, that I should be thinking about more, right? Or the way I die, or whatever, whatever it is. There's so many examples. Every, atachonin, oh, right, I should really like, think about the decisions that I'm making, right? Every time you open a sitter and you daven, it actually becomes an, a, like a moment of self-reflection, like how much do I think about those things? And it allows you to start thinking and considering and reflecting. Like, oh, like I'm right. Those are the things that Chazal told me to dive for. Right? So it also has that experience. But the, whole, but the whole experience, right? It just makes you, your brain starts to move when you start to speak it out loud, right? That's like how therapy works also, right? Like you start to speak and th- talk about the things that are hard for you. It itself gives you self-reflection and actually you start to consider the perspective of Hashem because in fact you're asking him to help. Well, what would he say back and how would that sound? And maybe you don't say that out loud, but you, yeah. it makes your head start to move. Well, that's right? also kind of what happened with Avraham last week when he was talk- like so upset by the outcome of Sodom, but like also accepting, okay, like that's... Right, it's going to be what it's going to be, yeah. right? We don't know. Yeah. Right. So in a real, so that's what he says. Before every Amida, we say, Oh God, open my lips and my mouth shall declare your praise. Right? In a real sense, therefore, in prayer, we do not simply speak, we are also spoken. God and the traditions of Jewish faith speak through us. The very words we use are not our own, but those of thousands of years of our people's history as they encountered God and articulated their response. Right? This is his point about the, about the, 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 the sitter. Prayer is like an electrical connection. And while it lasts, we become a channel through which the energy of the universe and Jewish history flows, and which we make our own. That is prayer as sicha, which I think is very interesting. Um, but the idea that sicha is like the, the tefillah of Yitzchak is not just about when it happens or how it happens, or I said in what context it happens, but about the way it happens. Right? A conversation that's really deep and meaningful. But I was, after I saw that, I was thinking like, but... Okay, but still, why mincha? Why mincha? So the tour actually says an explanation for why mincha. And he says like this, in Torah number 12, there's a continuation of that same tour. And he says, Vatam, why should a person be so careful about mincha, of all tefillos? Shachris is sort of like, it makes sense. You get up in the morning, you get started with your day. It's a, it's a reasonable time, right, to, 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 to daven. Right, right before you, you, you before I go to do anything else, so I daven. Okay, and also before I go to sleep, right? makes sense. I get home, I've put everything else away. So for some of us, that's one time of the night. Some of us, that's later in the night. But at some point, at some point, we have to make rules sometimes of what time we stop our asakim. Right, we just stop already. Right, but at some point we're done, and then we, and then and then again, it makes sense. When's the time for Mincha? Now it's really that way. Mm-hmm. You can only have Mincha until about 4.30, 4.45 right now, right? Um, it's the middle of the day. But You're busy with your whole day. Right? Mincha, by definition, has a work. It only works when? In the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And a person does what? 
Put everything else aside. I'm just going to die. Right? And if a person does that, it's very special. The point being, why is it the ultimate conversation with Hashem? Because what's the ultimate, conver- the ultimate meaningful conversation when I say, I'm here for you, I'm, I'm putting everything else away, right? Put it all away, let's talk. For five minutes, for ten minutes. That's so much more meaningful when you say, I, person says, I know you have so much going on, right? If you've ever met with a busy person, right? And like, and that person just says, you know what, like, Right? It's so meaningful because you know they have other things going on and they decided to, take, to put it all away and just talk to you. Right? And in a certain sense, I think, maybe it's part of the shot here, is that the reason that Mincha is called Sikha is because the ultimate Sikha is when I say, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And when I show it the most, ironically, when I'm the busiest and I put it away. Right? And that's why Mincha becomes this you know, you know the, the, the greatest level of tefillah. I'll just show you one other Gemara, which is so interesting. Gemara in Tosh 13 says, Amr Yitzchak, there's a, there's a, why is it called Mincha? Arvis, Chakras, Pashachras, it's the beginning of the day. Arvis, Arvis, it means night. Mincha means a type of korban. A type of korban, it's actually a type of korban that is like, my, my, my uh, <laughs> hope you heard me. Um, the, the, but thanks for the laugh at yourself sometimes. Um, mincha is named after the korban. What korban? It's a korban that's made out of, out of flour and oil. It's the lowest level tefill, uh, uh, korban. It's not, a, it's not a, from a cow or from an ox or from a sheep. It's the, it's the korban of an ani. Tefillah la'ani. Kiyatov ne'ashem yishpoch sicho. And the Gemara says, why, is, why, do we call, why do we call it mincha? Right? Why is, that, why is Mincha so special, the Gemara says? When it comes to every other, every other Korban, it says, Adam ki yakrif, a person who brings. When it comes to Mincha, it says, Nefesh ki sakrif, when you give your soul. In that example, why is it your soul? Because you have no money. You have almost nothing. And you still give something to Hashem? That's very special, right? But same thing. When I have not so much time, and I give it over to the Bon Shalom, wow, what, that's, like, that's very special. And that's why Mincha holds this special, this special place. But I think it's true, by the way. It's true by tefillah's mincha, and that's true. But it's, it, what I think it, it really speaks to all of tefillah. Right? Anytime a person is able to take time and say, I'm going to put everything else aside and talk to me about Shalom and have a conversation, especially in our world where you can't put anything aside because always, everything's flying at your face at every second. It's very special. And I think we don't always, we think that tefillah is like, you know, tefillah is hard. For some people, tefillah is easy. I've met people for whom tefillah is easy. But for most of us, I think tefillah is hard. Um, and I think that of all of the things, there's so many things happening now that we're trying to like do, 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 and this, and chesed, and like that. I really think, actually, that this moment in time is a call to us for tefillah. And it's a call to us for tefillah in a way that it hasn't been before, I think. I think, because I think it's so easy is the wrong word. It's never easy. But it is, it is at our fingertips. The, the need for tefillah is so obvious. You think of little children being held, by, like, held hostage. Like, how could I not daven, right? And it, like, it, it brings out the need so much more powerfully. And I think it's an opportunity for us, all of us, to like, improve our tefillah, to daven more than we have, to be more consistent with tefillah, to, to show Hashem that like, we want you to pay attention to them, right? So we're going to pay attention to you. We're going to put it all away and pay attention to you for five minutes, for ten minutes to daven. 
Right, whatever small amount we're going to daven, daven shmonesrei, daven shmanesh, whatever time we have during the day. And that might be in the morning, and it might be in the afternoon, and it might be at night, whatever it is. But whatever it is, it's nefesh kisakrif. Whenever we do it, when we make that time to daven, it's so powerful, and it's what he wants from us. And he just wants us to pay attention to him for a few minutes. And it has that power. And, so that, and I think that tour, the idea of the tour, that be particularly careful about mincha, but I think it's even, you can, it spills over to everything, right? The, the idea of pausing to daven, take a few minutes, put it aside, and just, and put the phone, you know, far away. I'm just going to daven for five minutes. It's powerful for us. It's, it, it, it's a, such a powerful message in our house, right? If, I, if you have kids in the house who see that, our spouse sees that, it's such a powerful thing to see and to experience. And I think it's something that we should really be focusing on right now. Um, there's lots of things to focus on, but I think it's an, it's an area I think we all need to improve all the time because it's so hard. And I think, you know, right now it has that, that possibility. So yes, was Yitzchak davening? It doesn't right? It doesn't always have to be straight from the sitter. It's nice. Shmon is good. Shmon is good. If we can daven Shmon that's, you know, a great thing to do. Uh, the basic requirement is some type of tefillah. But Shmon is, you know, wonderful. If we could do that, it's great. Say Shema and Shmon It's the biggest window of every tefillah because Shachar is your lock-in. Right. Shema in the morning. You have mincha, you have time. But it's hard. We have work. It's hard, you know. But whatever it is, Shachar or mincha. Yeah, yeah. The window gets shorter. But whenever you can do it, whenever you can do it. If you can get it in somewhere, you should get it in. And I think it makes a big difference. It's the most brief. Yes, and it's the most brief. But, it, but by the way, that's exactly the point. Mincha is the shortest tefillah. And it's the most meaningful. Why? Because you get it in. Because you show him, I'm going to get it in. I don't care. I'm going to get it in somewhere. doesn't matter what else I'm doing, I'm going to get it in. So whether Yitzchak was talking to his self, or talking to his farmers, or talking to the Boshan, I think either way, whoever he was talking to, uh, clearly Chazab believed in some way he was talking to the Rebbe Shalom. And I think uh, his, his tefillah is one we can take with us right now. Okay, I should go. How old was Rivka?